Hello, one and all. This would be the part of the show where I give you a fake ad read, and then I give you a cold open. We don't have either of those this week, because this was a shit-ass episode. I'm gonna drop it for you at the very front. Uh, very bad episode. I, we tried our best, but these episodes that we're talking about, kind of, kind of butt-gnarly. So, uh, we don't really have a cold open, because we were also, I was a little drunk, Tanner was tired, it's, it's been one of those weeks, and they can't all be good. Episodes one and two, aces, you know? I will pretend they were aces for this example. Uh, so, this episode, it's gonna be more of a chill, um, if you don't like it, uh, just wait till the next one, that one will be better. Uh, yeah, so, no cold open, no... Uh, no funny ad read. Uh, sorry, folks. Have fun. Yeah, I wet my, I wet my whistle. Let's try this again. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to Tano's Ridiculous Experience. I'm Tits. And I'm Ass. <laughs> and we are here to talk to you about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You laughed on it again, but it's okay. We'll call that guys. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome Very hard back, to get. folks. Get, get. <laughs> um, Tanner, before we get started, let's let's talk about our we our weeks. It's been a while. We've had a bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, resting on our laurels of two episodes. So mm. what what have you been up to? Um, not too much. Um, we, we went. I went. Or I recently went to. Um, a state park yesterday, pretty fun. Oh, where'd you go? Uh, it's called Castlewood State Park. It's really close. Is there a castle in it? No, I I, I didn't see any. Although I saw a mysterious concrete structure that we that I explored. You know, it's kind of so crazy. Fun. What? I went to a state park in Connecticut with my wife this weekend. Called. Was it Connecticut? Oh, yes, I was thinking Kentucky. Connecticut's not that far from you. No, Connecticut's oh, like thinking Kentucky. Ten south. <laughs> we went to Kentucky. <laughs> We went to Connecticut. We went to Gillette Castle State Park, and guess what? Ooh. There's a castle there. Oh wow, um, that's cool. I actually have to give so many details on it right now because it's so crazy. Oh, um, okay. So this castle was built in 1914 by oh. um, William Gillette, who originally played Sherlock Holmes in all the original, not screenplays. What's the word? Normal plays, uh, stage plays. As like, well uh, as uh, yes, yeah, plays. <laughs> yeah, as well as on his first like silent film appearance, he actually wrote huh. some of the stage plays with Arthur Conan Doyle. Oh wow! And he like originated a lot of pieces of the character, like the the hat and the corncob pipe come from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, huh. Stuff like that. It's it's nuts that I'd never heard of him, but uh, we got there, and there's a whole museum about him. And this this castle, which you can go inside, and I'll send you pictures of, is. <laughs> built like it was built by some loony actor in the 1910s uh because it was and it's he just he turned like 50 or 60 and he's like "Mm, it's time i lived in a castle and just he moved from his houseboat into this castle he lived in the houseboat yeah in the connecticut river for like several years he's quite the character Um, (laughs) i could talk about it probably for this whole podcast but i'll stop at his wife died when he was young, so his cats were his children, and he gave them run of this castle. Like, half of the castle was basically devoted to them. <laughs> wow. Um, Interesting. So we both went to Castle State Parks. That's so crazy. Yeah. What yeah. a coincidence. 
Yeah, mine was, it's on this river outside of St. Louis called the Merrimack River, mm-hmm. which is also, I'm pretty sure, a, a river up in New Hampshire, but I don't know why it's, it's going one here. But um, they they have these stands of, like, of fruit trees, and the fruit is called pop-off fruit. I don't know if you've heard of it before. I have not. I'm Googling it. Pop-off it, fruit? Yeah, like like the word paw, like a dog's paw, twice. Oh, like the, big, the big green ones? Yeah, and they're, they're the only native fruit to north america and oh. it is it is about time is about the time of year where they are becoming ripe oh are those so, the ones that are stinky at the time or no no they're not oh, okay yeah uh so we saw we saw some of a tree and these are like really like they're small trees and so i went up and i I, sh- I shook the tree and like i had like a primal like flashback i'm like oh i'm doing a caveman stuff right now <laughs> <laughs> did it work did you get them <laughs> yeah it worked they they they, they, they were falling let's go kansas yeah, we got them like six, <laughs> and I I tried one tried one right there. I broke it open with my hand. And I started. <laughs> How to taste? Give us a give Pretty, us a scale. It was like, it kind of tastes like vanilla custard in a way. Mm, um, yeah, not what I want from a fruit personally. Yeah, there's a lot of people was, who like who like orange creamsicles. Fucking dog shit to me. Hate oh, you don't them. like orange creamsicles? No, oh, yeah. I I don't like orange cream soda. My wife's giving me a look. She gets orange cream seltzer to put in our home because she's the only one that drinks it. But it's um, I can't stand it because, like, with an orange cream soda, you know, I can occasionally taste it. But um, with a seltzer, it's just water that tastes like orange and vanilla, and I think that's gross. Yeah, and with seltzers, they, you know, they have a hint of flavor. And there's yeah. no sweetness. There's so so <laughs> the seltzers up here, not to shill for Massachusetts, but... uh. Polar Seltzer, the the seltzer brand, is manufactured right here in Worcester, Massachusetts, and uh, Polar is the best seltzer. All you seltzer heads out there, all you Lacroix bitches, fuck you. <laughs> you know, I think I've actually seen Polar at a couple of grocery stores here. I'm yeah, gonna into it. it's good. It's manufactured here. I could poison the supply if I wanted to. I won't. Yeah, but I could keep that in mind. Before, so I won't be getting it now. <laughs> oh, good point. What is this show about? <laughs> Yeah, I think. <laughs> oh, we're getting out of hand. Oh, again, hi everyone. I'm gonna do some housekeeping before we actually start. I don't know how much of that we're gonna keep because that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> housekeeping. Um, I realized when I was thinking about it the other day. I've already said like four cancelable things in these last two episodes. <laughs> so we'll just start on episode one and move forward. Um saying mean things about a child from taekwondo i'm gonna reiterate that was a story about me being a psychopath nothing about that child being a bad kid he's a good kid um said some disparaging things about veterans not all of them just one uh again tom the veteran i was talking about great guy i really enjoy him i'm gonna talk about him and the rest of this writing group later but he's not the problem i'm having anymore so it's all we're all good um, yeah and it's and it's it's him being a veteran isn't that your problem with him yeah oh yeah jesus oh my god <laughs> i just walked right into another one ted him being a veteran is not a problem i value and respect our veterans if not the wars that they fight you know yeah exactly um so uh, we should probably kind of dance out of this um one more housekeeping um uh Mal- malala unfortunately not with us anymore um, she can get shot again. She's alive. She just uh, yeah, is no longer working on the podcast. She was a guest 
We always knew she was a guest. So uh, our next guest, who is a replacement guest, would everyone welcome the fetid corpse of Antonin Scalia. Antonin, if you give yourself anything but a boo, I'll send you right back to hell where you belong. So he'll just input a boo there, I'm hoping. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, he's going to be doing our audio stuff, so if it's dog shit, well, that's why. <laughs> One more thing. I, I, I totally forgot to mention this. In episode three, I forgot to mention his Dio's most famous line in it, which is, I reject my humanity, Jojo. I don't know how I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. Guys. Like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I didn't say that. I was like, shit. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> Guys, Dio isn't a humanity anymore. Isn't that nuts? It's like the whole <laughs> thesis of the thing. That was crazy. <laughs> Okay, we're getting off track, and it's not in an interesting way. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it today. I'm sorry, guys. I've had no. three quarters of a flavored beer, so I'm basically hammered. Flavored beer? You gotta drink Tanner. This episode is brought to you by Seagram's Escapes. Uh, their oh, flavored beer. Yeah, exactly. I fucking yeah, those, love those them. Like, that's like the only like, alcohol I'll drink. Those yeah. things are amazing. I'll drink these, and I'll drink flavored soju. Um, because it, um, it's, it tastes like juice and then I'm very drunk because it's yeah. liquor. Um, Seagram's Escapes, not liquor. They're like, what, six, seven, per- 3.2%. <laughs> this is basically a soda. But yeah, I'm drinking a Wild Berries Seagram's Escape. Not the best kind. Best kind is the strawberry daiquiri ones. Oh yeah, those ones are good. This episode is sponsored by Strawberry Daiquiri Seagram's Escapes. Go buy them now and then send them to me. Very specific sponsor. Very specific sponsor. (laughs) It's just one guy in in the strawberry portion of the factory. Yeah. Anyway, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. (laughs) Let's get right into the meat of things. Episodes 5 and 6. Episodes 5 and 6, whose names I actually did not write down like a jackass. Um... Yeah, I watched them today. I don't remember. Um, the second one was called Tomorrow. Tomorrow's Courage. List of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure episodes. No, the first one is The Dark Knights. Yep, The Dark Knights yep. Rises. There's no rises. <laughs> and The Courage of Tomorrow. Oh, that was close. Man, you're, you were right on. Oh, you know what yeah. I just realized? There's three episodes left after this. Are we just going to do a long episode next episode? That's what I was thinking. I was looking at that earlier. Because I, we could we could split it two ways. This is probably getting cut not <laughs> we could do successor and bloody battle jojo and dio and then the final episode for this arc we do one episode that has the last episode in it and then just kind of talk about the arc i think a better idea is to do all three episodes and then do another episode that's just kind of talking about the arc in general and not shoehorning that episode in yeah i like that okay Antonin, cut all that spoilers yeah i'm gonna call him scalia Antonin doesn't really fit very well yeah and Anthony's, it's, it doesn't sound like a real name. Yeah, it's not. It's fucking dumb. <laughs> God, what a piece of shit human being. Ugh. Anywho, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Tanner, would you like to talk about the Dark Knights, or would you like to talk about uh, the Courage of Tomorrow? Um, I'll talk about the Dark Knights. All right. Take yeah. it away, Mr. I'm not going to say your last name in case people are tracking <laughs> us. Well, it was... So we left our protagonists in this tunnel leading to the village when night's lot and we left off jonathan has just exploded the head of jack the ripper through a wall so we cut first scene is a narrator narrating over the uh, 
over a picturesque like landscape shot of um wind knight's lot and, he, and he's like it's 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 quite the town it's surrounded by mountains and the sea on one side so it's completely locked in and there's uh, like a like a knight's like an old knight like castle tower where they used to train or something I'm pretty sure Rocky didn't know what, didn't exactly know what knights were. He could think they were cool. Yeah, so he, he also knows Jack. Well, he knows a little bit about British history, but like, I don't know why he just. I, I feel like sometimes he knows Jack shit about anything, but then yeah. he has random facts, which is actually all that JoJo's is: is him picking up random facts about things and being like, "I just gotta do a whole episode around this or a whole yeah. manga chapter around this one fact." <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be funny. I I I like reading this in the in the newspaper. So when <laughs> it's almost exactly that. <laughs> That's why in like part five is a bunch of random like oh the way that water ripples down a thing it creates this and that's why and that's why all the stands in part five have like just weird shit about the oh when you move downward, uh, mold actually grows from the bottom up. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, we gotta get through Phantom Blood so we can get to stands. Yeah, forgot about that one. Um, so he's the the narrator's talking about the town. And he says five hundred and some people live here. How many are gonna be left when the carnage is done? And then goes to the intro. And then after the intro, we go to our our three three heroes, Speedwagons, Apelli, and Jonathan. They're walking down. And they're like, oh, look, it's, it must be harvest time. And there's some men harvesting wheat or something, I think. And then they're walking down the path, and all of a sudden, a small child uses like, some kind of contraption and launches himself across the path while snatching a bag that they were carrying. Can I input then... something very important that I wrote down that happens just before that? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jonathan's looking at the harvesters, and you hear Speedwagon go, Oh! And uh, Jonathan turns around, and Baron Zapelli, in trying to impart some hamon onto Speedwagon, flicked him in the dick, and he fell over, <laughs> and he's, he <laughs> can't move. How did I forget about that? That I, the funny part ridiculous <laughs> Rocky's just like alright we'll start this off with a, just a tip flick and then we'll get yeah. <laughs> keep going from there anyway child stealing yeah and then he either launched himself across the river or he swims I don't remember which one but suddenly he's on the opposite side of a river which was and they're like oh no how are we he ran off with all our pounds what are we gonna do and the like I got this and then he goes aww and then he thins Hamun across the water, and he starts to tiptoe across it, like a little—I don't even know what. He looks like the it's Grinch as he's doing it, or like a little, yes. like a little elf. He's got yes. his hands bent forward in like little sickle claws, and he's tiptoeing, and he's going ho 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 the whole way across. It's, it's very good. And then Jonathan starts to follow him, and then he's not doing that. And then Zapelli turns around and says, "Jonathan, stand your tiptoes. You're getting your shoes all wet." <laughs> And then Speedwagon is also there. I don't know if they show him swimming across. I don't remember. He just kind of appears on the other side with them. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember exactly what he, what he does. But they get to the other side, and then Joe he punches the cliff, and then the Pelly says, "Oh, you punched the wrong spot." And then a couple of seconds later, the helmet bursts in front of the kid, and the kid falls right, and then right into, jo, into JoJo's arms. Yeah, the kid was climbing a cliff to get away. Yeah, oh yeah, after. Yeah, I forgot to say that. The cliff on the other side of the river. It's important to know context here. Anyway, kid falls in, into Jonathan's arms, and he says, "What? What? What? Who are you? What am? What am I doing?" And then they're like, "Why oh, you just stole our stuff? What are you talking about?" And then so that's says, when take care of, take notice of the time, right? It, maybe I think so. The sunset. Yes, that's right. Yeah, sunsets. 
He's like, oh man. And then right then, the the scene suddenly turns into like a, a graveyard. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't notice it was a graveyard on their way across. Um, as soon as he catches this child, I watching it was like, oh, the kid's putting on a show and he's gonna get away because I forgot what happens. But Zapelli's like, he was hypnotized. Look where we are! And suddenly the yeah. sun just goes down like that. And there's zombies everywhere, and Dio's standing on top of this spire that was not there before. Yeah. I feel like we would have noticed the giant rock spires. Yeah, there's but... like six of them. They're all over for out of nowhere. It's Yeah, it is a pretty cool shot, though. Yeah, it's also important to keep note of where everything is in this shot, because then it all goes to shit, and Araki has no idea where anyone is, and he just kind of starts yeah. making up landscapes as he goes. It's very yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> Yeah, and I was I was like where I was like very confused, like because stuff starts crumbling here in a little bit, and I'm just like, what is going on? Like this is such a malleable landscape. Also, take note that when they entered Wind Knight's lot, it's in a valley. There's two giant. There's like a ring of mountain around it, and you do not see any of this geological stuff in the center. It looks yeah. like it's just flat. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, there's like fucking there's like cliffs and shit up here in that spot over there. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho, in this river, yeah, in this river. Anywho, zombies. Yeah, and the zombies are like, and then uh, Jonathan Zapelli start punching them, and then Dio, Dio's talking to it, is saying things to them. And Zapelli, and Zapelli this is Zapelli's first time meeting Dio, so he's like, "You devil!" You, and they're, they 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 say a few things back and forth. You know, Dio just is completely evil. Zapelli's like, "Oh, he's so evil!" Like, oh, he is. We've got to get him. He's so evil. That's oh, yeah. basically how their whole conversation goes. It's back yeah. and forth four times. Oh, wait. No, I did write down a, a line. Um, how many lives have you consumed? <laughs> and then Dio says, I don't know. How, how many loaves of bread have you eaten in your life? Which is another iconic line that is goddamn yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't remember why, but I remember that being breads. Maybe that, yeah. Maybe that was the... In Japanese, it's breads. Yeah, that's right. I remember laughing at that because that was a funny way to put that. How many breads have you eaten, buddy? How many breads do you think you've eaten? I don't know. Like whole, like lo- whole loaves. I mean, it's got to be like twenty, maybe twenty plus. I, absolutely more than that. It's in the thousands. It's got to. You be. think like a whole loaves? I think you eat more loaves of bread than you think you do. I think you eat. Right. I I eat probably a loaf of bread in a week if I'm like if we're consistently buying bread. I don't even think about it. How many weeks have yeah. I been alive? Okay, maybe thousands was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, well, maybe twenty is a little low. I'd say it's definitely above two hundred. I think. I'd say we settle at five hundred. We've had five hundred yeah. breads. Yeah. So Dio's killed five hundred people. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not a lot considering there was only five hundred people in the town. Yeah, and they're not even dead yet. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, breads—they're fighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Zapelli's like, you, you devil. And then he jumps at him. And then I don't remember if Dio catches it. Oh, he, he lets, he lets him hit him. Okay. And then just doesn't do anything. I have this written down in detail because this moment is so fucking silly. Yeah. Um, it's goofy dark floating there. Yeah. So Zapelli jumps off this like 10 story spire. Um, he punches Dio. He doesn't, he does a sunlight overdrive, right? Yeah. Right. Dio into space. catches it with his arm. Um, and he's like, it's destroying your arm, Dio. And Dio goes, mm-hmm-hmm. And he freezes his arm by sucking all the moisture out of it. Um, 
And since it's so cold, it freezes the palisar because that's how freezing things works. Yeah. And so that starts freezing his blood. And Dio goes, uh, you can't use hormone if your uh, hormone is conducted through the blood. So if your blood is no longer pumping, you cannot use hormone. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. How the fuck does he know what hormone is? Yeah. yeah, this is the first time he's ever come in contact with it. Yeah, and he just automatically knows everything about it. Um, yeah. yeah, you think they would have the element of surprise because he's like, oh, you can't defeat me. I'm an undead master. And then they go up to Hamon punch him, and then he just, he's like, what the hell is that? And he just dies. But no. <laughs> no, he's just like, yeah, I fucking, I know that shit. Yeah. So he freezes Zapelli's arms. Zapelli's arm is exploding with frozen blood. Blood slushy is, is flying everywhere. And so then Zapelli's like, I have to hit him again. And he goes to hit him with the other hand. And, oh, no, wait, vice versa. Dio's gonna yeah. punch him with his other hand and kill him. And uh, Zapelli tries to stop it with his hand, and a third hand comes between them. It's Jonathan. He has the child on his back. His ch- the child's name is Poco, by the way. Oh yeah, I gotta mention that. I mean, Sorry, I'm taking over Spanish. your episode. No, that's all good. It means slow in Spanish. He is a uh, slow child. <laughs> um, yeah, and then. Jojo blocks it, and his hand gets a little bit frozen, if I remember right. Yeah, he starts to freeze yeah. it, and then Zapelli goes, I'll stop him, and goes to kick uh, Dio, and Dio uses two fingers and breaks his leg above the knee. Yeah. <laughs> and then the two of them go flying away. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm bad at my obsession in the second one. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, uh, and what happens next? I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Speedwagon catches them, and then Dio's like, yeah, it's I summon pot of greed uh he summons blueford and tarukas yes um who are he will explain who they are in a little while they're two knights yeah and tarukas has has a tarukas is a giant man he looks like he's like five times the size of a normal man he's wearing a viking helmet and he's wielding a sword that's like as tall as a man yeah it's (laughs) twice jonathan's size yeah just about and Bluford is a normal man, but he has long hair, and it's fucking <laughs> gross. Yeah, it's very gross, and he uses it. He he will use it here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, Dio's like, oh yeah, I, I'm 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 bored. I want you you guys to face these guys, and then he makes like an earthquake, and that's how they appear. I don't know how he does it, but he it like resurrects like them. That. He pulls yeah. them out of the ground. Yeah, and I go, man, and then. He's like, these knights were from the reign of Elizabeth I in the 1500s, and I, I resurrected them. They're, they, they're serving me now, and they're going to kill you. Um, and then the narrator goes on a probably like five-minute Yeah, he's interlude. about to, but first I should state that Jonathan tries to attack them. He starts oh, getting yes. his blood sucked by Blueford's hair. Which is gross. and um, Which is disgusting. It's really nasty. But Zapelli is like, I have to un- find a way to unfreeze yes. my arm so I can heal. Yeah. And then Speedwagon's like, I can do, I can, I know how to. And then he lifts up his shirt. He pulls out his his washboard abs and he yeah. says, in a pinch, I figure this'll do ya. And, <laughs> and he just puts his hand on his abs and yeah. it just unfreezes. Like, I, like, because he, he then says, oh, I've heard about how up north, you know, they'll they'll cut open an animal and they'll they'll unfreeze limb limbs and putting their arm inside. He doesn't cut his own chest open. He just lifts his shirt up. Yeah, he's just putting his 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 bare ass stomach on it, 
and uh, and it unfreezes the arm. It makes like red arm. glow. It yeah. makes like this red glow. Speedwagon's very hot, evidently. I got, I just got, <laughs> I just had a panic attack because there are two. Um, there's a live counter and a recording counter on my recording software, and I saw the live counter was at zero because we're oh. not live, and I thought it was the recording, and I was like, "Fuck." <laughs> No, we're good. Uh, we're recording. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, anyway, and then that's and then I think Jonathan's like he's like trapped by the the hair, and then it goes into the, uh, the spiel about how these knights served uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, again um, during the Civil War against her sister Elizabeth the First in the 1500s. <laughs> yes, and and they the. The narrator says they didn't have family, so they vowed to serve Mary to the end. And so they, you know, Mary's basically losing the war, and they're fighting off all of Elizabeth's men, and they're winning and doing such a good job. And Elizabeth's like, well, I have to get rid of these knights somehow. And she makes a deal with them that if they lay down their lives, Mary won't be harmed. And so they're at the executioner's block. <laughs> the executioner goes, you guys are sacrificing your your lives for nothing. Look over there. <laughs> <laughs> Mary and it's Mary's headless corpse. It's just and over in the like, corner. <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys could have seen that. <laughs> yeah, they just go no, and uh... and then and then the narrator goes uh, some, something about uh, Tarukas. His neck was so stiff that they they uh, um, had to use like multiple axes to kind of <laughs> yeah, they kept breaking them. Yeah, and then uh, Bluford's hair. Um, seared the executioner's leg, wrapped around his legs yeah, before, him. yeah, before he was executed. So yeah, that's how they died. Yeah, fucking weird. Also, yeah. just a light note: these guys had their names changed from um, from Japanese to English. I don't remember what Tarukas's name was, but Blueford, they changed it from Buford. <laughs> they just added a blue, and you know, I dig it. Yeah, I don't know what Buford is copywriting, but. It's gotta be Something. a band, right? Yeah, it has to be because of the character that's introduced in the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> I laughed so yeah. hard. Yeah, I, I did too. I was like, I don't remember that being his name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... And after that, it goes to, you know, they're still fighting. And Jojo, um, he somehow ends up in the water. I don't remember how he, they're, they're fighting, and then he uses his hair. He, like, rips it apart somehow. So, this one's very interesting. I also have a note on this. I took okay. such detailed notes today. Um, <laughs> so, Jojo had originally, his hand was wrapped up in the hair. He tried to use yeah. the sunlight yellow overdrive. Didn't work, because the hair just sucked up the hormone. So, yes. this time, he goes... He says, uh, Scarlet Overdrive! And it's a sunlight one, but it's red. And that causes the yeah. hair to explode. Uh, and... I don't know how it's red. It must be using his blood. Maybe it's getting sucked up. Could I don't be? Know. I don't know. But then Buford attacks him with his sword by using his hair to wield it. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. And then they <laughs> fall in the river. Yeah. Yeah, they fall in the river, and they're both uh, sit, uh, sitting there. And then... Jojo realizes, hey, well, if I go to the surface try to drag get air from my helmet, he's just gonna kill me. And he's just and but if I stay here and don't do anything, I'm just gonna drown. So then he so he gets this flashback in his head of, of <laughs> his his dad saying, um, saying to him, 
oh, Daddy's got your toy pistol, does he? Well, quit pulling on it and let him have it. And then so young, young Jonathan does that. And then Danny stumbles back and the pistol flies in the air and then he grabs it. So Jonathan, being the wise man that he is, decides to take from this lesson that he should swim down. Extremely sound instead of Yeah. <laughs> that he should swim down towards the bottom of the, of the river. I get, yeah, I guess it's the river. Um, instead. And then a few seconds, you're like, what in the hell is he doing? And then and a few seconds later, he re- he says, when I saw it was a coal mining town, yeah? N- never mentioned before. Yeah, how yet. the fuck did he know that? <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't been mentioned. The only time I think it, 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 it is mentioned. But, it, but then he goes to the bottom, and apparently it, he lifts up a rock, and then some bubbles come up, and he's able to breathe the bubbles in. Also, I don't think that's how bubbles work. But Yeah, it's he says it's a coal mining town, and that means there's a bunch of collapsed tunnels under the river, which that's not what that means at all. <laughs> yeah. But he lifts this rock, like... and apparently there's a tunnel under it, and air comes out. Yeah, and then he breathes it in. Not sure how that works. And then he uses uh, turquoise marine overdrive turquoise marine blue overdrive baby <laughs> and it's and it arcs towards blueford buford and then the episode ends right when it's at blueford buford's head who knows who won oh we do episode six yeah um, what do you think of this episode tanner give me your hot um, before i give you mine i think it's my least favorite so far but but that's because this this entire rest of the of this part is all basically uh, the quest to confront Dio, but this kind of feels more like it started off good at them fighting Dio, but then the the knights are kind of I feel like they're more filler, but it's, it's still a good fight, I think. I agree. I hate the I hate the, the wind knights. I think they're so dumb. Um, I don't mind Blueford as much. I think because the next episode actually yeah. I enjoy him in it. Um, yeah, but he I just they. They are a big piece of Araki's early storytelling being very, very episodic in a way that's just like him. Like, I don't, I don't want him to fight Dio yet. So we're going to put some stuff here. Also, yeah. I read about Mary's Queen of Scots last week. So we're tossing those two in there. Yeah. Um, like, like you, you can remove these knights and, yeah, and the story yeah. wouldn't change. Uh, except for the sword. But aside from yeah. that, he could have just found the sword in the graveyard. Mm-hmm, exactly yeah mm-hmm. oh this 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 sort of belonged to blueford the dark knight let me use it yeah <laughs> um it's just a very they feel very phoned in and i just simply don't enjoy them that much i enjoy the second yeah. half of blueford's thing but this this episode is not my favorite yeah hi folks a little noah side note here um the way we're making it sound when we're talking about this is that Oh, we think that it's silly that they fought the Wind Knights. They should have just gone straight to Dio, which is not at all what I was trying to get across. I don't think Tanner was either. We're definitely not, oh, why didn't they just fly the ring into Mordor on the Eagles kind of people? Because they just didn't, that's why. What we were trying to get at here was more that uh, the fill-in between arriving at Wind Knight's lot and finally fighting Dio feels exactly like that, like filler, like a fill-in, as opposed to a natural progression of a story, um, which is kind of how JoJo's work sometimes, so it makes sense, and we, I'm totally down with that. I think just the two of us found it jarring and perhaps not as interesting as we come to expect from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, 
because this is part one and sometimes it does that so uh, that's all we were not saying oh just go straight to Dio doesn't that's not at all okay bye yeah I think it's probably one of the weakest ones so far if not the, for the entire first part I think yeah I think the next one's honestly not as bad yeah I think I think episode five is pretty weak um, yeah. six is not as bad uh, yeah. so we'll get right into six. Oh my gosh this might be a really short episode yeah <laughs> that, that's another thing about these episodes not a lot of shit happens i'm i'm sorry i'm holding yeah. burps and hiccups at the same time oh lord <laughs> no. good. It, basically five and six are basically just this one fight and it doesn't even end spoiler by the end of this episode <laughs> yeah it's it's still going um yeah they have a few nice moments though but i think i think that just being like let's just put a bunch of different color hummin overdrives in it that'll be fun yeah pretty inspired (laughs) uh anywho moving on episode six um so blueford and jojo they fly out of the water after he hits him with the overdrive it didn't connect it kind of glanced off his hair so it was kind of he kind of hit him but not all the way and so jojo's like i have to hit him with my full fist if i'm gonna be able to kill him uh, now they're fighting on land, and Blueford's having a great time. He's very much like, Oh, Lord Dio, thank you for letting me fight this man, this honorable battler. You know, he's he's doing a pride thing. Yeah. So I in my notes, I say Jojo does a fury of blows. Um, <laughs> flurry of blows. I don't know why I said fury. Uh, he does a flurry of blows, so that's for you non-D&D um, D people. That's a lot of punches all at once essentially um yeah and you, you will this that is a recurring thing that will happen in yes. the, in the entire jonas <laughs> yes um so blueford grabs him with his hair and stops the flurry of blows doesn't work uh and so there's a whole little bit where he's tied to a tree with his hair and the other two who are being held captive by Tarukus, who's just kind of keeping them from interfering um, yeah he's kind of staring at him <laughs> yeah they're like, oh, he has to break that hair. What are we going to do? And now Blueford is going to attack him with his sword while he's tied up with the hair. And Jonathan's like, I can't break out of it, but I have an idea. And he breaks out of it. <laughs> and, um, he kicks the sword with a hamon foot, which is fucking dope as hell. I like this episode yeah. more for the, a lot of reasons, but this is one of them. He kicks the sword and stops it with his foot. Baller move. Uh, yeah. And yes, he, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, and he's like, oh, fuck. And he goes, uh, metal conducts hormone. And we go, what? <laughs> Didn't know that, but okay. Uh, so the hormone bursts through the sword and melts Blueford's arm. Blueford jumps yeah, back. Oh, yep. I, I was going to say, him, his, his arm melting is just kind of a really gross effect. I was, yeah. like, I just, I was like, ugh. It's, it's, it's a little gnarly. Uh melts his arm and he backs up as he's backing up jojo hits him with another flurry of blows and he hits him really good he's kind of cracking Speedwagon, thank you very helpful says he's still dangerous mate look out uh i have to put in every time he says some dumb shit uh and yeah. jojo blueford is slicing at him with the sword and jojo stands completely still and they're like what is he doing and then blueford stops and it just cuts his face a little and <laughs> I should note that I entirely skipped a line that is in the 
whole premise for why Jojo stopped. My bad. As Bluford yeah. jumped away, he said that this his pain meant nothing. Uh, so the sword's coming in, stops, and Jojo says, A moment ago, you said this pain means nothing. That means you can feel pain again. I could sense the good in you. That's why I didn't dodge. And uh, Bluford's like, oh man, you're right. Which I the note I wrote here after Jojo saying that was just dumb. <laughs> um, but, you know, exemplifies Jonathan being a very good boy and probably the, the sweetest, definitely the sweetest and goodest Jojo. Yeah. Yeah. Bluford says like something like, oh, your humanity is showing today. Like you're the best to humanity. And I was like, any normal person that's in a similar situation that's not Jonathan would have blocked, would have just tried to block that or dodge it. <laughs> yeah. Or just got their head cut off. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he would have stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will, so in this spot, um, we can see Blueford is dying. As he says that, as Jonathan says that to him, all the flowers around him start to bloom because um, Blueford's undead body is dying, but his soul is still kind of moving on. Um, and he says some very sweet stuff. He's talking about, you know, he's, he gets very poetic. I yeah. wrote down the parts that I like the most. Um, and so he's he's falling apart. And he says, one side have railed, <clears throat> one side have railed against the pain I feel. Now going to my rightful end, I cherish all that proves me human. And it's very, it's very sweet. Um, yeah. And it, I didn't write it down, but it did, gave it gave me. Have you read Frankenstein? Probably not. Maybe. Yeah, I, I have. We are in high school. Oh, me too. Um, it very much is the almost the exact opposite of a quote from Frankenstein. Um, towards the very end when the monster is about to kill himself and is just stating to the man that holds that was had Frankenstein's corpse just mm -hmm. that you know life has he's lost it um, he's lost the pieces that hold him on and I will look up the quote in a little while hi folks this is future Noah here to do a reading of that quote because past Noah didn't actually do it this is from the final chapter of Frankenstein some years ago, when the images which this world affords first opened upon me, when I felt the cheering warmth of summer, and heard the rustling of the leaves and the warbling of the birds, and these were all to me, I should have wept to die. Now it is my only consolation. Polluted by crimes and torn by the bitterest remorse, where can I find rest but in death? But it's just... It's the antithesis of that quote in that the monster realizes it cannot be human and um, and decides that if without the things that could have made it human, there's no point in being because it like, wishes to, to live among them. Yeah. Um, or it did at one point, and now it's become so so consumed by hate that it's it's kind of lost itself. Um, opposite for, for Bluford here. Bluford has found his humanity, and I think it's very sweet. Um, and then yeah. as he's dying, he says, What irony to live yet again, dying with thanks on my lips to the very man who slaughters me anew. And I just was like, that's fucking baller, dude. Yeah. Uh, hats off to you, Blueford, for being a poet laureate on your on your deathbed there. Yeah. Most OG villain thus far. <laughs> yep. Uh, get, uh, Scalia, can you put in some uh, some... Do some sad trumpets for Blueford here. Or maybe just a big, aww. Yeah. Uh, everyone pour one out for Blueford. 
Yeah, I'm pouring my water bottle on the floor right now. I'm pouring Seagram's escapes all over the floor. It's everywhere. <laughs> my dog's licking it up. It's gonna be a problem. <laughs> so, as he's dying, Blueford takes his sword, he bequeaths it to Jojo, and he says, I beque I give you my sword luck. Though I make one <laughs> Though I I make one final addition and he writes a P in front of the luck with his with his blood. So it says pluck now. I he doesn't really say why. <laughs> yeah. It's I assume he just means that like Jonathan's plucky. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, but I was I was like a bird plucks a berry from Yeah. <laughs> it's it's quite strange. He's a weird dude. Not anyone that uses hair powers, weird dude, especially in this yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Um they're weird dudes or they're yandere's uh who are maybe making fun of a girl that Araki knew in high school, stuff like that. Wait, really? Well, I don't know, because Koichi's basically him. I guess, no. Koichi's not him. It's He's Rohan, so maybe not. Yeah. Anywho, that's way, way yeah. ahead. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I <laughs> lost, the, lost the plot here a second. So, <laughs> he dies. Jonathan's like, I wish I didn't have to kill him. And then the other two are like, Jonathan, look out! And uh, Tarukas is right behind him, big as hell. And he crushes what's left of Blueford's armor. And he's like, why would you do that? And he was like, he's a weak pissant. Fuck him. <laughs> so, Tarukas is now attacking them. He's a little more of a... Uh, he puts his best foot forward in that he just tries to kill them just straight out. He uses yeah. his giant sword and causes an earthquake. And here we get into some stupid fucky stuff that I love so much. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, the play-by-play here. Jonathan retreats to Speedwagon, uh, Zapelli, and Poco. And they're trying to run away. The ground is falling out below them. They're now standing over a canyon that was not here before. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're standing over the canyon. The ground's falling. And Tarukas is falling after them. And they're like, Speedwagon's like, what are we going to do? And... Zapelli goes, Jonathan, you or Jojo, you see the leaves too, and he goes, right. So they put their hands down, and they do a like a hormone magnesis, and <laughs> <You're hot>. <laughs> <laughs> they go, oh, so stupid. They um, all the leaves magnetize together with hormone and turn into a giant hang glider attached to their hands, and they start hang gliding away, and. Um, <laughs> The explanation from uh, from the narrator, narrator is that all humans have a little bit of mag- magnetic energy coming out of them, which is true, and uh, that just they you know made it more with Hamon, and that magnetized the leaves together. Uh, another thing where Araki just read some shit in a book and was like, "What if I made that dumb?" Yeah, good for there's, him. There's it's no way. very funny. Yeah, yeah. There's no way like Jonathan learned all this in just like a few days of training, but yeah. it's very funny and because it's like, just, like it's... They, he knew the name of it, but there's no goddamn way. Yeah, yeah. It, I think here, here in these fights, you start to see just them pulling shit out of their ass. Yeah, it's and you're just like, oh, this is funny. <laughs> this is the the origin of the star ass pull. Yeah, which is when Star Platinum in Part Three just does some bullshit, and you're like, oh yeah, star ass pull. Yeah. Well, Joseph does in the next part a lot, too. That's true, actually. Yeah, that's actually every Joe star. That's the whole series. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> so they're hang gliding. Um, uh, while they're hang gliding, they. Sorry, I'm trying to keep track of my notes. Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, Poco, Poco says, like, are you guys wizards? Oh, yeah. Like How did you guys do this? And a speed wagon is like, ah, oh, I hardly know myself. Say, we're not going anywhere. Tell us how you got these powers, Zapelli. Time for a flashback. Okay, yeah. so Zapelli is a little, he's a little guy just having, he's like a teenager. He's trying to find a way to stop the stone mask. He meets a healer in India who's healing using Hamon. He goes, where'd you learn that? Sends him to Tibet. So, Sapelli <laughs> goes to the top of this mountain in, in Tibet, finds this temple, and he goes inside. I'm typing in looking for a specific name. Um, he goes inside, and he goes, ah, that's where I met my master, who went by the name Tom Petty. <laughs> <laughs> which he pronounces it Tom Petty, but it's yeah. definitely Tom Petty, <laughs> the famous musician, um, which if those of you listening don't know, uh, you would hear the song Free Fallen, and that would be him. That's Tom Petty. Yeah. Uh, beard. But it's guitar. funny because they're, they're, they're following, they're hang gliding following right now. Yeah. They're, they're free falling <laughs> at the moment while he's talking about Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, so he meets a monk who is just a Tibetan man named Tom Petty. Very important. Uh, yeah. Back to hang gliding. So they're <laughs> hang gliding. Doesn't oh, he say something about, uh, yes. like, yeah. He's like, are you sure you want to do Haman? The path of Haman will be the death of you. I can see it. And Zapelli's like, dope, sounds good. And so yeah. then Zapelli out loud is, or in his head is like, I can't tell them that. I can't burden them with this. So they just keep flying. As they're flying, Tarukas jumps off the cliff and tries to get him. And he hits, he bounces off the hang glider because it's made of homon and he's undead. And they start crashing and they're like, where are we crashing? Because there's a castle built into the side of the cliff. This is a huge, cl this is a Grand Canyon at this point. Yeah. And they're like, what is that? And Poco's just like, oh yeah, the knights used to train there. And they're like, well, okay. And you're like... <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah, what is the this? geology of this place i don't understand it or geography <laughs> i don't i don't get it but they go towards the castle that's built in the wall they're like we gotta get away from him Tarukas slams into the wall and they're like well good thing he's dead and they land on like a, a trellis and they look down he's not dead he's climbing up and so they're like oh my gosh we gotta kill him so zapelli says jonathan put the child inside and while he's doing that uh, they don't see Tarukas climb inside through a window. So Jonathan goes inside. Uh, he's like, something's weird in here. And then Tarukas puts a collar on him that is also, it's attached to a chain that is also attached to his collar. And then the door locks, so it's just him and Jonathan in there. Yeah, very, very skillful by Tarukis there. I don't know how anyone anyone could have done that yeah, that quickly. Yeah, I don't <laughs> understand how he managed it. He basically explains this is a um, the all the lights go on in the room. All the fires just start lighting up because that's fucking how it works. And yeah. he explains that this is how the knights used to, to train is they would murder each other here in that each of their callers has the key to the other caller and you have to kill the other person and take their head in order to unlock yours. So. Badass. To, oh, big burp. Um, 
Two of them are fighting. It's not going well for Jonathan. He tries to put Hamelm through the chain, but the chain goes to the ceiling and touches stone, so it won't conduct into Buford's or into Tarokas's body. Because which he punched, he used Hamelm in the underwater. In, he used Hamelm underwater, <laughs> which it that I could it conducts it if it's electricity. Great. Um, to kill Jack the Ripper, he puts Hamon through a stone wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just directly. So it's, um, it's we're changing the rules on the fly, and that's okay. He can't use Hamon. Yeah. Um, Tarukis weighs probably a good 800 pounds, so he's just pulling him up to the ceiling with the chain. It's not going great. Um, yeah. In the meantime, Zapelli and uh, Speedwagon are really having trouble with this iron door. They're just punching it. They're <laughs> like, we can't get in. What do we do? Um and they have so much trouble with it. Yeah. And he's like, I could break bricks with Hamon, but this steel door is too much. There are bricks to the left and the right of the steel yeah. door. <laughs> um, but that also doesn't also that did we learn last episode that that metal conducts Hamon? Yeah, exactly. So he just like fry this door. Um. <laughs> so Speedwagon points out there's a lever on the other side. I think it opens this door. And they're like, okay, we gotta stop him before he kills Jonathan. Poco has peed his pants at this point. Very important to note. Um, he pees his, his pants, and then he starts having a flashback to one time he was getting beat up by some boys, and his uh, his sister comes up and scares them away, and then she slaps him and is like, see, pain is temporary. You gotta fight next time. He's like, okay. So he goes, I'm, I'm gonna help. So Poco sees that there's this hole in the wall that only he can fit through, and he starts climbing through. And the other two are like, don't do that shit, you'll die. And he's like, I'll be fine. He jumps in. He's like, I'm going to save you. Immediately gets kicked in the face so hard he flies across the room. Yeah. Um, he's bloody he looks like all he... over his body. Yeah, I thought he was, like, dying. I was like, oh, my God, he looks like... Yeah, he looks like, like This poor shit. kid just got, and... just got destroyed by an 800-pound man. <laughs> Which, you know, he took it like a champ. Yeah. Um, and he opens the cell, or he opens the door, and the two of them rush in, and he's like, I did it, I was brave, and uh, Speedwagon holds him like a baby, and he's like, you were, lad, braver than any of us. Um, so he's like, go get him, Zapelli, and Zapelli's frozen. And he's like, what's wrong? Zapelli flashes back to when he was told he was gonna find his death at the hands of Hamon, and he's like, he says out loud, uh, let me see if I wrote it down. Yeah, what does um, he say? It's like... Is this night the night it, is, I go to my grave? Out loud. Yeah. Just so the others can hear him. And uh, Speedwagon's like, what? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so he starts walking towards the two of them. He does a really cool pose. He's walking. He's got his left arm out. It's actually... This is so specific. And this is the second episode where I'm talking about My Hero Academia. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really hope this isn't a trend. Uh, I have to find the intro now. Um, oh Best God, genius? Is that what you're thinking of? No, maybe. Wait, the, the the guy with like the who wears the jeans and he has the funny hair. No, I'm not thinking of miss. I'm thinking of a pose that um, Deku does at the end of one of the intros. Oh, okay. Uh, it's not peace sign. Hi, folks. It's your favorite Noah back at it again to inform you that for the next like five six minutes of this. The other dumbass Noah just fully played My Hero Academia themes on his computer, not remembering that his desktop audio is fully being recorded. So you're just gonna hear those in the I can 
I pulled them out where I wasn't talking, but I was not able to get all of them because some of them I just talked straight through. Um, so yeah, bit of a bit of a dumbass there. Um, well, you're probably gonna cut 40% of me talking about this. Not. <laughs> but I do. It's Sora Niutabe. Or Sora oh, okay. Niutaiba. Um, which is one of my favorite openings from the show. Yeah, that's but pretty good. But as it ends, um, he's walking and he sets his arm out and he fills. It's full. He just straight arms to the right and it's full of, um, of zappy zap plus ultra energy. Uh, what's his name? Zapelli does the same thing, but there's no hormone in it. He just reaches his left eye. It just looks cool. This is a long yeah. roundabout way of me saying he poses and it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of roundabout, he, the roundabout is playing. Oh yeah, as well. roundabouts. It's that's this is where we see the f- first or second time that you get the the guitar riff from roundabout. That's like dun 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 dun. Yeah. And uh. And that's the end of that episode. Am I about to watch like six uh, My Hero Academia openings just for fun? Am I about to watch My Hero Academia? <laughs> oh my god! Oh god, not again! There's knives in my throat. Yeah, <sighs> like, like I, I thought about watching it again, and then I was, I was like, that's that's a lot of work. It is a lot, a and like, for <laughs> it's not worth it. I know it's yeah, not it's worth not a lot of payout. I there are parts that are payout, but it's just not worth it. But I can yeah. watch these openings because they fuck. They're pretty baller. Yeah, they are. They're pretty. That's, one thing, that's one thing they do right. <laughs> yeah, uh, there are eleven of them now. Holy shit! <laughs> I know four of them, um, and I think that's all I care to know at this point. Yeah. Oh, I hope that I Scalia. Did you cut out all that My Hero Academia stuff? If you keep it in second or third level of hell, you're going all the way down. Yeah. Oh wait, is it the other way around? Do you start at the ninth? Um. It's the first Which first circle of hell. That's the, of hell is his first. The first one. Oh, first down, first is limbo. So you're going back. You're going down to nine, Scalia. If you don't yeah. cut out all that MHA stuff and probably also this part. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be a fucking nightmare to edit. This this is probably gonna be like a forty minute episode. <laughs> It's okay. We do short episodes here sometimes. The other two were yeah. an hour twenty. That's a lot of your time. We don't want to waste your yeah. time. Tanner, yeah. what do you think of this episode? Um, I think it's a lot better than the last one. Absolutely. Um, I think with Blueford's uh death, I think that's a, that's a, probably one of the first like well, probably second good death we get we get after George Joe Star. Was that a good death um, though? Yeah, you're kind of right. I, I it wasn't like that good. It. <laughs> yeah. I, it's just it, it was it, it was pretty corny. <laughs> yeah, and everything around George Joestar because I don't like George Joestar. I think he's a butthead. Um, yeah, everything around is. him is just funny to me. The whole situation because yeah. like that point in the story is so ridiculous in a way that's like not quite JoJo's ridiculous. It's more just yeah. like this is silly. You people are silly, kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the, so it is the first good death of of the series yeah it's like, the first uh it's the first kind of deathbed confession death that is becomes a staple of everyone's gonna do it yeah. spoiler alert next episode <laughs> someone's gonna do it yep rip rest in peace uh scalia bleep that out yeah <laughs> we'll never know who's gonna die next could be speedwagon could be jojo could be poco 
be yeah. the guy that just said, "Am I gonna die?" <laughs> probably not sure him. He's probably safe. Yeah, um, I think so. Well, we've talked yeah. about that. Yep. I also like this episode. What were you saying? Sorry. Oh no, it was a stupid joke. Yeah. You... Uh, we <laughs> actually now need you to say it. Uh, okay. For I was gonna say, what is, what is this? Yeah, this show is called Zapelli's Bizarre Adventure, right? Yeah. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> That was a stupid yeah, no, joke. I'm really... cutting that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on. I just realized. Oh my god. We're definitely cutting the My Hero Academia stuff because I just realized I'm recording my desktop audio to record you, and I fully played a My Hero Academia <laughs> intro. <laughs> now he gets it. Ah. See, there's just been one going on in the background the entire time. No, it was only like four oh. seconds, but you're just gonna hear oh, 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 oh. <laughs> It's um, this episode's in shambles, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta, we gotta. Okay, I also like this episode. This I also liked episode six. I really like Blueford's. I like that death. I think it's very well done. It's I. It, it's this thing a Rocky does where he has very good emotional writing just interspersed with the most dog shit ridiculous stuff yeah um which is why i love this series it's kind of the best part of it is being like yeah oh haha giorno and mista are doing pretending to be gay and then you know seeing someone holding their dead friend holding their own dead body that their friend's soul was inside of and speaking through both of their mouths as he understands that his friend is dead and now this is just an empty puppet. Like, that's fucked up. Um, yeah. And sad. And right before it, Guido Mista was in the body of a woman and went, I have tits now! And just started <laughs> feeling himself up. Uh, and that's what this show is all about. Yeah. Guido Mista. stuff and really sad moments. Yep. Sad moments. <laughs> Guido Not Mista. Guido Mista. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about part five so much, guys. It's our favorite one, probably. Yeah. Well, I think part I like part four a little bit more. I, think. I do as well, but I think my favorite one to watch as the two of us was part five. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. It was just it's because it's got I don't know it's just it's gay to the point where it's like it's I could never watch it alone. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think none of us, neither of us, had seen it to that point. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the most like crazy one, like because you had seen part two, but I hadn't when yeah. we watched it, and but I feel, I feel like if we w- both watched part two that together for the first time. That would be our favorite part. But since part five is equally as crazy, I feel yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on to our segment where we talk about the normal world. Tanner, I'm gonna give you. I'm not gonna give you a leading question this week. Okay. Um, I'm bad at those. Yeah, I'm bad at giving them some time. Well, I don't have anything to lead you into, you know. Um, okay. We could just talk about, let's just do some life talk. How, how's, tell me, tell me something that's been going on lately. Tell me what's, what's been going on outside of State Park and work. Hmm. I guess that's a leading um, let me think. question. <laughs> yeah, let, 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 let me think about back to a, some previous weekends. Um, did I tell you I went to Branson recently? No. Did I talk about that? Oh, okay. So I, have you ever been to Branson? I have. For those of you who don't oh, okay. know, Branson is the jewel of the Midwest, not Chicago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck Chicago. Um, no, Branson is like it's the most southern city in the Midwest. 
Yeah, I think. that's a good. So way it feels mo- most like the South. Yeah, and it is, to be fair, it is very close to the Arkansas border, and Arkansas is very much the South. But anyways, um, I went there probably a month ago. Um, Morgan's mom really wanted to see the Dolly Parton Stampede, um, formerly known. Yeah, formerly known as the Dixie Stampede. Um, <laughs> Do they still have Confederate soldiers serving you food and stuff? Uh, so how it works is there's two sides of the arena. There's the north side and the south side. Um, one side is wearing red, one side is wearing blue. I don't remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, no one is dressed like a Confederates. So that's <laughs> <laughs> but so, but I, I was representing the north side. I was very glad I was representing Good. the north side. Yeah. I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah, you would have canceled. We would have canceled you yeah. so quick. Yeah. Um, and that was very interesting. Um, they like, you know, it's, you're eating dinner and you're watching people sing and ride on horses and then also do fun, funny, funny little mini games. My wife wants it's to know if you're talking about Dixie Stampede, which you are. Yes, he is. <laughs> Did you do anything else in Branson? I... You know, I'd love. Yeah. yeah, I want to go to the, the Dolly Parton Stampede. Uh, there's one in Tennessee too. I think it's a little bit closer. Oh, it's a little <laughs> bit closer. You go to Tennessee, honey. We hate Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> um, when in December, when all the flights shut down and we had to drive up back here from Oklahoma, mm-hmm. like six or seven hours of that twenty-four hour drive is just Tennessee because it's straight. Across. Yeah, just. Yeah, it's long. It's a long state. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what else did we do? What else did we do? Um, we went to an aquarium. Oh, oh. Well, I actually went to two aquariums. <laughs> Which one? We went to the first one. We went to the first one in Branson, which is like, it's like, it's like on the like the one boulevard with all the touristy crap on it. And it was kind of fun. They had, it was your, like, it was kind of kiddie, but it was fun. I liked going to it. They had some really cool rooms. They had like, they had all their jellyfish were in like a mirror room. And you Ooh. could, you, it was yeah, it was bizarre. I've never been in anything like that before. It was really cool. And the second aquarium was at the largest Bass Pro Shop in the world, which is in Springfield, which is about 40 miles away. Did you go to the goddamn pyramid? No, the pyramid. I have in the pyramid. That's in Memphis. Wow. Is that not yeah. the largest one? No. Well, it might be the largest one, but the the original It's in, and the, like their headquarters and like it's super large. That's in Springfield. Oh. Missouri. Yeah. So we went there and they you like they start off and like the CEO of Bass Pro is just talking to you about how fun hunting and fishing is. It, they, they sit you down like an auditorium, you listen to this guy talk. And oh, he, he you can tell yeah, you can tell he's not a very good presenter. <laughs> he's um, the he, CEO. He's yeah. just yeah. Uh, he's just he he's just a guy from Springfield, Missouri, so he's not very good at like talking to people but after the, it, it, and it went on for way too long um at the end the 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 screen kind of like slides to the side and then it opens up into this giant room where there's like taxidermy and stuff into a bass pro shop I, essentially yeah well, well we walked in through the bass pro shop and at the back was the was the entrance to the aquarium slash taxidermy Ooh. hall yeah and so you walk through the taxidermy hall which is what takes way too long and then you get to the aquarium which is really cool. They have like black bears in there. In the aquarium? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, they have way more than I, than I would have thought. It was, it, it was like, kind of like, I don't think you, yeah, you haven't been to Dallas for an aquarium, but it's like, it was like that. It was pretty cool. We liked it. 
Sounds good. Um, yeah. And then we went. We and, yeah, it was fun. What we just drove down the. We just drove down the strip and looked solid. Oh, come on! This is the part I want to tell you the most. Go ahead. So, so you remember that show, um, um, uh, Forge and Fire. Yep. So, there is a place there. I don't know how Morgan found it, but I I I mentioned the Forge and Fire show because I remember I watched a couple episodes with you one yep. time. Uh, I watched the whole series. <laughs> over oh, did you? Over. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, we I went. We were in here in St. Louis, and there is a a woman that um, was the first woman contestant on Forge and Fire, and she was like selling her like metal stuff. Good for her. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I, I was talking to Morgan about that Forge and Fire show and how we watched it. And then she was like, got things to do in Branson and saw that there was a guy there from that was on the show that you could go and make a knife. You could go and make a, a knife with him. <gasps> did you make a knife? <laughs> yeah, I did make a knife. Yeah, she surprised me with it. So I'm, I'm holding it right now. It's Ooh. made out of a horseshoe. Send me a picture. <laughs> have yeah, I'll have to. Yeah. yeah, I'll see after, after the recording. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, but did this guy was this guy the guy with the Nazi tattoo? No, no, he was not. He was he was a good old country Missouri guy. He, was, he wore a cowboy hat. Oh, good. He's from like season three, something. Since season three, like I don't remember the episode number. Yeah, basically, I would I would only know by the what the final project was. No, oh, okay. He, it, he showed like the I don't remember. It was like it was like a Korean like giant sword. Oh, was it, uh, um, let me look up Forged in Fire, Korean Giant Sword. <laughs> Korean Waldo? That might have been it. Hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I made a horseshoe knife with him. Like, I, he stuck it in the fire, and I found it with a hammer and got it down, and then he, and then, of course, he sharpened it, but, yeah, it's pretty cool. Cool, that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> kiss, kiss. I didn't. I didn't kiss him. No, but I had to kiss Fuck. Morgan. <laughs> well, I guess it wasn't it all for nothing. You still got a knife. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a fun trip. It was a fun trip. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. What are you been up to? Um, we haven't recorded in a while, so my wife has been. My wife and I have been out and about. Um, I think the most interesting things we've done. Did I tell you about the Emily Dickinson stuff? No. Before the last episode? So, we went to Emily Dickinson's home. Ooh. Because um, her home is here in Massachusetts. And it, we learned all about her. I didn't know jack shit about her. And it was so interesting. Because um, mm. we went on this tour of the home she lived and died in. She was born wow. there and she died in one of the beds. We like I saw the bed she died in. I have pictures of oh, it. Oh, God. Um, and she was kind of a lunatic. <laughs> yeah that's what uh, in, i've heard <laughs> in a great way in that she was definitely in love with her sister-in-law and she loved to write she loved to write two people she had so many courts she didn't like to go out and about except for to like play with the neighborhood kids that were like her niece's kid her niece's friends and stuff and play with her nieces and nephews um she really liked to have written correspondences so there are she was probably writing to 500-ish people. We found, like, I think it's like 1,500 of her letters, and scholars believe there's probably closer to 10,000 of them out there. 
Oh my god. Yeah, she just was constantly writing to people. And like every like presidents and just farmers. It's so crazy. She wow. was just talking to everyone. But of the ones we have, like forty to fifty percent of the letters that she sent went across the yard to her brother's house, which is literally you can see it from her bedroom, to her sister in law, um, who she was probably lovers with is what it the general consensus is that she was probably um dating this woman wow. at one point maybe not after she was married but definitely after her sister-in-law was married but definitely before um hmm. and she had some other people that they think she was in love she was uh close with there was this judge who was a um he was a very nice man he was her friend closer to her death and to his and they were very close to the point where she had a rose from him i think i think it was a flower from him buried with her um as well as she had staying with her and as a pen pal very close pen pal uh one of the first lesbians to be out in london in the 1800s or whenever she was i think she was was she 1800s honey I think she was. I think so. When did Emily Dickinson die? 1886. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. One of the first <laughs> lesbians to be out in. Um, in that time in London, yeah. uh, to add like out loud date a woman. Hmm. Um, she was very close friends and very close, uh, very close pen pals with her. This is a lot of explaining of the life of this woman, but um, she. So she lived in this house. We saw this whole house. It was beautiful. Read a lot of her poetry, and her poetry is also crazy, and I've never paid that much attention to it, but very recently a book came out that was describes her, po or like lists her poetry in the way she meant it to be listed, in that mm -hmm. she has about six corrections in each page of what words could be used instead of other words in the poem. So one poem has about, like, most of them have about 11,000 or something combinations you could read them as. Oh, wow. And she had gave no distinction which ones were supposed to be. <laughs> um, so only recently has there been a published work that actually shows those. So that's cool. Sorry, a lot of talking about her. I need to move on. Um, <laughs> we also have visited... What's her name? Uh, M. Louise Alcott. Oh. Is her first name Marie Mary? Louisa May Alcott. Louisa May Alcott. Oh my gosh, yeah. Tanner knows. <laughs> I've heard um, the name before. She is the author of Little Women. Um, we went to the yes. house that Little Women is from. Um, and Isn't that in Canada? No, it's here in Massachusetts. Oh. Right oh. next to Minuteman National Park. Oh. Which is also quite, like, it's like two miles away from where, uh, where Paul Revere was arrested. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> which we saw that, we like drove by the spot on our way. That's um, cool. Did a tour of that house. Also, very interesting woman. Uh, her, she also, did she live and die in there too? No, they didn't move there until like her last, like. They didn't move there till later in her life. Um, a lot more stuff on her. All that to say, I've been a lot more into writing lately, and I've been thinking more of it as um, wanting it to be what i do for a living because i'm you know in a rut in life right now yeah um all that to say i wrapped up my the last chapter of my book this last hey. week 
And so I have to do a sweeping edit of everything and add in a lot and just do basic editing stuff. But I've been taking it to my writing group. They've liked it, what they've heard. Um, I can't take it to them really anymore because more people keep joining the group. So there's not enough time for me to read because there's uh, like 20 new people and they all want their stuff read. So, you know, that's just kind of how big groups work. So I'll still post it there and hope that some people read it and talk to me about it. But currently the only person that i'm sending it to is our friend ray ray you're probably listening to this hi um i received a very angry uh voicemail from them uh crying on the floor of their apartment after they finished the book um which is kind of what i was going for was angry and crying on the floor of your apartment so bullseye (laughs) wow it must be a uh quite the tearjerker then it is it's a bummer because yeah ray doesn't cry that much yeah sorry ray this is a call out this whole episode's a call out to you ray you soulless um (laughs) scalia remove that uh at least bleep it scalia you're not soulless ray we love you Uh haha who knows how much of this is getting cut um (laughs) i've been i've i've written other books that i don't think are publishable the way they are and i don't really care to edit right now but this one was supposed to be a self-publish and in finishing it i have it seems more like one that i could get published it seems more like a story that people would read yeah less of a story that's just for me although it is very much for me it's very much a me being uh talking about my mental health in the form of a time traveling Mexican. Um, so yeah, that's I, what I. Huh? I, I can never put those words together. I I thought I knew what you were gonna say. That's not what I thought you were gonna say. Surprise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I originally the character looked like me, and then I was thinking of my friend Johnny while writing, and I was like, "This is Johnny. This looks and this is Johnny. He may act like me, but this has to be him." Uh, so he's who I'm thinking of whenever <laughs> whenever my guy Arthur does anything. <laughs> so, yeah, that's what I've been up to. I've been t- doing a lot of writing. I have to do a lot more editing. Um, I'm going to do some tomorrow. I tried some today and almost blew my brains out. It was horrible. Um, so today, tomorrow, just doing a sweeping edit of a lot of chapters. Okay. And I'm hoping to release next year. I'm hoping to... I mean, I have to find someone to, the way publishing works is you have, nowadays you have to get an agent basically, and the agent takes it to publishers uh, until one agrees, and then the agent takes half of your initial advance. (laughs) Oh. Um, Which is why I hate the publishing industry. I think it sucks. I don't don't so much hate the agent as I do the publisher. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I've. I could go on a huge tangent about recent publishing practices where they're like, we'll take this famous TikToker's shit-ass book, we're going to put all our money and energy into promoting it and kind of sideline all our other authors, and the book is bad, and everyone's like, this book fucking sucks! Because <laughs> um, they only care about virality at this point, not so much about yeah. um, books. It's actually good work. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. What a bummer of a way to end this. But yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been writing. You folks at home, read my book when it comes out. Yeah. 
I, I will definitely be buying a copy. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, stop. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, you want to go watch My Hero Academia? No. <laughs> Should that be where we ended? Right there? Yeah. <laughs>